You're listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, Colorado, Chris Lopez here. And today's podcast is uh, talking about the April data, the April trends that we've seen up and down the front range. So I got a great panel here today. We're going to talk Pueblo to Northern Colorado talk a stat from each market and also go into what type of deals and activity and opportunities we're seeing in those marketplaces. So I've got three people in here with me. Uh, The first is Jenny Bayless down in Southern Colorado. Hey, Jenny, how are you? Hey guys, I'm doing well. How about you? Doing really good. I always enjoy our monthly podcast, kind of hear hear what's going on from Mm -hmm. your guys' perspective. Going up uh, I-25 is Preston Newberry here in Denver. Hey, Chris. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to kind of talk about what's going on in the market and see what, if anything, has changed since the last time we chatted. I know. And then going up the highway, we're going up to northern Colorado to Newt Weiler. Newt, how are you, man? I'm well. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, well, glad to have you back in the studio for what is your second or third one now? Third one. Third one. one. Yeah, Yeah. you're uh, going to break in the seat here, man. It's great. All right. So let's kind of talk some stats here. And if you guys want the full stats and all the exact numbers, click on the show note links or email us. We can send you that. We will just uh, keep it uh, kind of high level on here so we don't put anyone to sleep. Uh, so, Jenny, I mean, what is the the high level? What's going on down down south? Yeah, I think the the highlight that I'm looking at is just median sales price year over year fell 5%, um, which is pretty similar to what we we're looking at. Uh, I believe it was February, kind of the same 5% number. Um, I'm just kind of curious to see what the next three months are going to look like. If if we're going to hold steady at you know our current median sales price, which it did hold steady from last month, how big of a gap between that year-over-year decline is going to be um, by the time we get to like June, July timeframe? All right. So you're off what you said about 5% uh, mm-hmm. year over year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And we're just about there in Denver as well. We're right around 6% with homes and condos combined. So I think the market's starting to kind of level out and show us where things are going to be. And I think, you know, kind of talking with what Jenny was speaking to, I'm curious to see what the next three months hold, especially because, uh, you know, kind of looking at, you know, where our closed deal counts at versus where our, you know, new inventory that we have been expecting to come online hasn't come up as much as we would have thought. So it's kind of interesting to see how many deals we're going to be getting done here, you know, over kind of our typical busy season through, you know, the spring and summer before we hit fall. And uh, I mean, so going with price, so down 5% in the springs, down about six in Denver. Newt, what are you seeing up north? Yeah, we're, well, year over year, we're down a little bit as far as the um, the median sales prices. But, uh, you know, I think that what we were talking about before the podcast was the story of where Greeley's kind of leveled out on its median sales price. So yeah, what are they down? It's it's down nine and a half percent since last year. Okay, and I know what about like uh, so Greeley's about nine, and then what's kind of like Fort Collins and Longmont down? They're down. They're about seven percent. They're down about seven percent. Okay, so what we're seeing here, it sounds like kind of like you know between uh, Pueblo up to northern or uh, was that stat for Pueblo or Springs, Jenny? Springs. For springs, okay. So mm-hmm. from springs up north, what a uh, down between five to ten percent. Mm-hmm. Do you think Pueblo's? I know Pueblo's data. You were, uh, you well, were, uh, 
politely sharing how inaccurate uh, or how ill <laughs> delayed. The data yeah. 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 Well, yeah. apparently, as of the delayed data, it's up four percent year over year. So it was up four percent. Yeah, but that's okay. from several months back. So we'll see okay. kind of how you know the spring numbers shake out. Yeah. So we'll keep you guys updated to that. <laughs> uh, Maybe when we know in a recession, we know what the that rate will be as well. well All right. I think so the other interesting thing from from Denver, when kind of looking at the average price and sales prices, yeah, we're down six percent year over year from April of last year, but we're also up three percent from March of twenty three. So there's definitely been some more activity, you know, and we'll kind of get into this. A little Wait, bit more say that week. again. So we're up three percent from March of twenty twenty three, but we're down six percent year over year from this time last year. So gotcha. we're still playing catch up a little bit, but I think that that definitely bodes to kind of what we're seeing in the market, both, you know, as as agents in the field and kind of how how we're feeling the market out and kind of just, you know, having our thumb on the pulse of what's going on. There's definitely a lot more activity and there's things happening. And I think that, you know, it kind of just goes with our typical seasonality that we see, you know, normally here in this market um, that we should see, you know, hopefully some increases here over the next couple of months. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what you guys are, you know, predicting here or thinking for the next you know, three, six months. Because, I mean, you know, right now it uh, seems kind of the extremes out there in the market. Like, mm-hmm. hey, someone, you know, the, the seller and listing agent are doing a good job of properly pricing and marketing the property. Multiple offers over asking, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and I'll let Jenny and, uh, and Newt speak to this as well, but I know just my personal experience over the last couple of weekends and talking with a couple of our other agents, I mean, been a lot of multiple offer situations, properties going for 10, 15, 20 K over list price. But like you said, that just goes to show, Hey, the agent did a great job. The sellers were realistic with where they wanted to price it. And they've got a commodity that people want, right. And they're going to be competitive for that. Whereas you're seeing stuff that's been on the market for 20, 30, 45 days. And, you know, it's struggling to gain traction at this point versus new listings that come on the market just because they've been there for so long. And I know, um, for instance, one of our agents had a a listing up in Longmont uh, last week and put on the market, I think Thursday afternoon by Saturday, they had multiple offers and were under contract significantly over asking price and just said, Hey, we're going to take this offer. We feel comfortable with it. No point in, you know, dragging things out over the weekend. Um, And on the flip side, I know Newt has had a listing uh, up in Timnath that's been a little bit of a struggle. Price, price, great. It's an awesome yep. property. It's just, you know, been struggling to gain some traction. It's been on the market now for for a little while. So I think it just, like you said, it's extremes, both ends of the spectrum right now. Yeah. And so this is where, I mean, hey, if it's priced white, new on the market, it's going to get multiple bids right now. So kind of like what we know. The other half, though, if something's sitting in the market for 30 plus days, you guys were coming for just like, hey, we know the price drops are coming, but now we're seeing bigger price drops. And so really from like an opportunity standpoint, you know, it goes to show if you are selling a property, please, please price it well and aggressively. Yep. Because uh, that gets the eyeballs and much easier to bid it up. Um, but if you're out there looking for deals or want to shave off a few bucks because those deals are out there now, um, look for stuff that's stale in the market. Like that's where the seller is usually starting to get, you know, little pissed well, off and sweating things. And- yeah. And the other thing too, I mean, just from the agent side of things, right? If we start getting feedback from people and start seeing offers that are below where the property is listed at, it gives us some ammunition to go back to our clients and say, Hey, this is what the market's telling us, right? Like originally we thought maybe, Hey, this is where we would be or whatever. But at the end of the day, this is, you know, it's all about what people are willing to pay for what we're offering to sell. So, you know, I think it just goes to show and, and help us as agents make sure our clients price their properties appropriately. Yeah, the last couple properties that I've gotten under contract for clients, um, basically, they were they've been listed for at least a week. We went 10k under on each and settled at five in both cases um, for the last couple month or month or so. So I thought that was kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, that really is. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so 
we have some, uh, you know, medium prices are down. And so based on what you guys are seeing out there, I mean, our prices don't drop a lot more. It's kind of like the bottom, the flat and it stays flat. starts going up a little bit. Any, I mean, any bold <laughs> predictions out here? I was going to say, don't hold me to it, but I think that we've definitely kind of hit a, you know, plateau as far as where things are at right now. And I think with the seasonality and where the market's at and kind of just what we're seeing, that we're seeing a lot more ability to negotiate with sellers and maybe not so much on actual list price, but everything else that goes into putting those deals together, whether it's seller concessions or inspections or, or things like that. Um, so I think that we're definitely kind of hitting that point in the market where I'm hopeful that this is kind of the, the bottom of it. And this is where things will kind of plateau and stay for the next couple of months uh, as we move through summer. I would agree with that. I think that the you know, the plateau makes sense because I'm actually seeing uh, the buyer's agents too are also far more confident in asking for seller concessions mm -hmm. to buy down those rates or whatever it is up there. But yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that up north too. All right, so let's go around and talk about uh, talk about some deals and what we're seeing out there. So we started south with the trends. We'll start up <clears throat> north this time and work down south, Newt. And so, you know, uh, I think talking about Greeley, I mean, it's most interesting to, at least to me, probably a lot of our audience out there, since that's, you know, kind of the best base for rentals out there. So we've seen prices drop about, you know, just about under 10% now. Mm -hmm. And you're also telling me earlier about you know, in, an interesting seasonal trend right now yes. with the uh, college uh, turnover over there. So can you talk about the market and kind of like, an opportunity you're seeing up there now? Yeah, it's interesting. So right around UNC, which is in Greeley, there's a, a lot of rentals. And um, I'm seeing that a lot of those are actually coming up on the market again. So for whatever reason, those sellers are deciding to move on and and those are up for, for grabs. So it's a good opportunity right there in Greeley. And what's kind of the general just price point and rent you're seeing on those? So if it's, uh, if it's a home that, say, was built in the 20s or 30s, which a lot of those around the campus were, uh, or 40s, you're going to see that they're probably around anywhere from three fifty dollars to 500000 if it's just a rent-by-room situation. Uh, some of those sellers had actually built on ADUs, so you're going to see a little bit higher price points in those, probably closer to nine seven hundred to 900 Okay. But uh, those have a lot more units. What do typical bedrooms rent for? Obviously, assuming that's a lot of the market up there with, with the college and whatnot. I mean, what do people expect to, to rent a bedroom for out there? Yeah. Uh, well, if it's in a home, it, like if it's in a house that's just got the bedrooms, you're probably looking around 550 to 600 per bedroom. Okay. And if it's, uh, say, like a one-bedroom unit with their own space, you're probably looking around 750 to eight. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. A lot different than the Denver market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, I mean, if you've got what you're saying, you have a four or five bedroom house, maybe what, 25 to 32, $33 a month in gross rent? Yeah. Uh, five, six, seven bedrooms. There's some big ones up there. Okay. Too. So, yeah. So, that I find that really interesting. So, uh, maybe as you're seeing these deals, um, we can add one or two on our deals email list because I know, I know what happened. People say, hey, Chris, for this webinar, can you send me a spreadsheet? And I'll be like, new spreadsheet. <laughs> so we're going to be preemptive on here. Yes. Uh, cool. So yeah. Uh, if you guys don't know about us since the podcast, every, about every Friday we send out every Thursday or Friday, we send out an email with a deal to a couple deals that were, that we have seen around town. Uh, some of our investors, some are our network, some are, you know, properties recently seen. So if you guys want to see that all on the front range, house acts, investments to room by room stuff. It's just kind of what we're seeing that week. 
uh, join that email list and you can uh, go to the website or it'll be in the link in the show notes as well. All right. So uh, college rentals uh, up in Greeley, and we're going to dive in those numbers a little bit more. Um, and then Preston and Denver, what are you seeing? Yeah, I think, you know, in Denver, uh, one deal that I came across this last week uh, actually looked pretty heavily into. I mean, a duplex in Aurora, fully updated, uh, two two bed, one bath units uh, with about 900 square feet on each side. List price was only 625. And this place, like I said, had been completely updated and redone. It's in a really good location uh, over in Aurora. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think rents are going to be somewhere between 16 and 1850, depending on kind of where you're at in, in the year and timing the market a little bit, but I mean, it's still going to be pretty close to, if not over a six cap, depending on how things go and, and where you're able to negotiate with the sellers on that. So, I mean, there's definitely deals out there. I'm seeing, seeing a lot more stuff come up in the multifamily world as leases are turning right now. People are wanting to, you know, move assets around and move some cash around and things like that. So there's, there's definitely stuff in that sector coming up in the market right now. Jenny. Rolling down to you. Yeah. So we've actually had a couple of people reach out to us about this particular property. It's a fourplex. Um, no takers yet, though, but is it's priced in the mid fours uh, down in Pueblo. Um, Wait, for, for a fourplex? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's, so it's definitely an old building. It looks really cool. Um, but I imagine that inspection might you know, turn up some, uh, some mm -hmm. deferred maintenance items, but you know, we're not aware of anything off, off the bat. Um, two, three units, or excuse me, two, three bedroom units, and then two, two bedroom units. So we're thinking about 4,800 gross rent. Um, so yeah, just kind of baking in, you know, contingencies, assuming you do a, a bill back, um, on utilities, we're looking at over an eight cap, um, down here so that's you know that's we don't, yeah we don't see we don't see that too often so you know i'm sure there's more to this story i'm sure that there's like i said some deferred maintenance that might bring that down but um yeah definitely worth exploring in my opinion so what's kind of like the the median or average price point and cap rate for fourplexes down there in pueblo yeah, I'm Pueblo. I mean, um, I would say six is usually what we see um, okay. in, the, in the five to six hundred thousand dollar range. Is pretty typical. okay. So this is in the this is in the bottom. Yeah. In the lower. Okay. Yeah. Six hundred thousand dollar fourplex. What's the rough cap rate on there? About six percent. Um, is so kind that. of what we're seeing. So, you know, oh, assuming. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure that this one has some some work involved to it but well, you someone know go on our contract and gets an inspection report yeah, yeah. <laughs> i always because i mean I, these properties they're always so fun to dig into because yeah. i mean a lot of times they are junk um but then like i don't know what percent of you guys may have a better rule than i do but like hey what a lot of junk you still chase it down but then they're like oh, wow this is just like there's always that diamond in the rough yeah you this know? is actually not that <laughs> yeah. bad this actually looks way worse for this section it's not a big deal or whatever and it's like wow this is like and then hey this is like one of the best deals of the year yep um so i'm mean, gonna be really curious this property is always fun to dig in there's, there's a good story one or the other exactly there's yeah. an outcome <laughs> or get, oh my gosh you should have seen this property Oh, See, yeah, Chris, man. you should spend the five hundred dollars and uh, get it inspected, and and tell us tell us all what comes of it. Oh, is that the way it's going to work? That would be a fun like experience. It would be, yeah. Um, all right, field so, trip to Pueblo. <laughs> driving, let's go. We'll have in the back of the truck. Yep. <laughs> um, cool. So I actually want to run something by you guys because 
when we're seeing deals out there and something that you know we're seeing more investors do um is is uh selling properties mm-hmm. and so you know i'm always of uh, you know I, I always have trained myself this and we do a lot of our clients this as well anytime you refinance a property or release a property you're essentially you know kind of repurchasing it you know not truly repurchasing it but you're repurchasing it for a year investing more money into there so my properties uh the the back tenant went out um the the front tenant just moved out so i'm doing the analysis on here um and i'm like wow maybe i should just yeah i was not planning on selling it but now i'm considering selling it even though i still have like i bought this property two years ago 15 percent down mm-hmm. uh it's about probably about eighty thousand dollars all in um it's a pretty so, unique property as well yeah yeah it's probably gone up 75 to ninety thousand dollars in value i'm guessing so yeah i could you know sell it transaction cost all that about just about double my money or just under it on there i'm like oh, i may just do that because i'm reanalyzing I'm like wow this is a property that's just you know that i've had some headaches with mm-hmm. and also i'm just like as i'm trying to kind of train my brand into like the what do the law and welsh's do and these you know these is one of the things I've noticed from like the lawns and Terrence Doyle's and all these other like super successful investors from all the videos and podcasts is that there's the speed they move deals around. So I'm like, oh, you, you can't get attached, right? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I got my bracelet. What, what would Lon do in this situation, right? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I do the numbers and, and Lon would sell this and do this. And so it's been like a paradigm shift for me. And mm-hmm. we've been looking at that. And this is like my my highest leverage property. I'm still like a 25% ish, uh, you know, uh, or 75% LTV. I'm mm-hmm. still highly leveraged, but I'm like, wow all these things and I could uh, sell it and probably uh, put into investment. That's going to like make a, make a lot more money or, you know, do a double the return on there. So when you guys are looking at this, I'm kind of curious if you guys have any input um, or thoughts your own. I was on a mastermind with some investor or investor agents around town. One guy was like, you need to burn sage in there and keep it. And I was like, all right, well, tell me why. Well, like, here's my numbers and here's my emotions. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting, right? We have these conversations with our clients all the time, every week. And now you got to sit yourself down in that same yeah. chair and have that reverse conversation about what do I do with this property? And I think, you know, based on kind of what I know about it and where things are at right now and just kind of everything that's happening in the market, I mean, I think it probably makes sense to to put it on the market and see what you can make happen with it, especially if it's not, you know, if it's vacant right now and there's an opportunity and we're in a great time, timing wise in the market, I think it would absolutely be worthwhile to test the market and see what you can get out of it. It's always easier to list without the tenants. Oh yeah. No, this property actually make it like a, like make, make a great house act. Like mm-hmm. It's a house with an ADU and like, like a lot of people, like I got fasting with ADUs and they sound really good, but same time, a lot of headaches and there's more unique about the property. So it just makes it harder to scale. I'm a very hands-off manager. So I don't feel like I'm doing like the best use of the property, but like, oh, a house hacker or like a really hands-on, like self-managing landlord absolutely mm-hmm. like, rock the property. I just don't have the attention, the detail to it. And so like, I realized that about me as an investor, I still have this like little bit of feeling that like, I, I, I really love making sure like resources are utilized to their max. I'm like, wow, I'm kind of doing a mediocre job on managing this someone else you know like you take like a jeff white or one of those yeah. people like oh, he's going to utilize that to like it's you know maximum use which is great for the property great for jeff and ultimately like best for the the tenants that live there so i've got a little bit of that in my head as well yep. it's been an interesting uh i don't know it's been interesting going through it for sure yeah, my opinion, yeah my opinion on that is like if you're if you're thinking about it i probably would just go ahead and sell it like you know, numerically, you would probably argue if you just looked at the ROE on my portfolio, you would tell me to sell it and trade it 
up to some giant thing, which I don't have. And I have told you that. Yeah, I, know. I have zero intention of doing it because I have, you know, like my properties, I've got them exactly to the point, you know, well, most of them, I should say, there's some that are a work in progress, but I've got them to the point where they're just like well-oiled machines and I'm not going to touch them. But there are, you know, occasionally properties will come in and out of my life, uh, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. oh, I don't like you, I'm going to sell you. Or, you know, if someone wants to give me a really generous offer on something like, you know, everything's for sale, but, um, everything has a price. <laughs> yeah. It's just how much effort do you want to put into absolutely optimizing, um, what you don't know could happen. So like, yeah, I know what I, I know what I have, I guess I know, you know, all the warts on my properties, but if I, <laughs> you know, what am I going to buy into? Like on paper, it might look great, but there might be something that, is just horrendous, yeah. you know? So I don't know. That's kind of my thought on it. But if, if you do have that inkling, like it's just not vibing with you, I would probably get rid of it if, if you have that equity to yeah. um, play with. So I, yeah, I, I like, I mean, you're, you're talking kind of the gut feel gut reaction and mm-hmm. that's, you know, like, man, the, the gut is a lot of times, right. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, it sounds like if anybody's looking for a house with an ADU or a house hack, let me know. <laughs> yeah, it's got a listing coming up. Yep. Yeah, uh, actually, no, it's uh, the numbers are, are, are really solid on the property. Like I said, it just needs needs more of a hands-on operator yep. to help fine-tune the nuance. I think I handled a couple of the big ones out there already. Um, <laughs> so I think a lot of the headlifts are over right now. It's, it's a good property. just needs a, a more, I think, a better hands-on person. Cool. Um, let's see. What else here? Oh, one other thing, too. We've been doing some podcasts around here. Um, two more current events, probably should have said at the beginning. It is property tax time. You know, we're recording this May 15th, uh, I think between what May 4th and June 8th, mm-hmm. approximately, um, is when we get all the uh, you know, the assessor's office tells us, hey, here's the estimated part of estimated increase in value in your property. And kind of what I've been hearing from investors and other agents is that majority are yeah that's about right Mm -hmm. Uh, we've all been very happy about depreciation now we can all bitch about it for a month or two uh like oh that's 35 percent i'm like okay actually that's right yeah but like 40 percent. how much is that heloc worth in your bank right now that you took out on your Um, investment property (laughs) so like i mean look at those and it sounds like i mean i i'm actually sitting down go through all mine this week it sounds like you know some people are definitely getting some hey wow 10% 10% are like very, you know, probably like underestimated. Hey, just smile and be, be quiet about it. <laughs> and I've heard, it sounds like about 10 to 20% are probably really worth, on the high side yeah. and it's worth going out there and um, protesting it. So we have until I think June 8th to go out there and officially do it. And go yeah. Depending on each county is a little bit different. So yeah. Um, yeah, but basically through June, depending on where you're at. So just keep an eye on those deadlines. Yeah. You should all get a postcard in the mail or just go to your assessor's website and on there and, and they all have, you can basically do it online or you know, through a postcard. Um, and if you have any links or more stuff, emails, we're gathering all sorts of just, you know, data and this webinar and this feedback and this experience, talk to this assessor person. So if you guys have anything, reach out to us, happy to pass along information. Second thing, uh, Denver rental applications. I know this goes out to a handful of people, uh, but we do have a lot of Denver investors on here. We we have done a webinar recently on like the Denver rental process. Single family homes are due by January 1st. And it sounds like maybe 10 to 15% of properties are um, out there complying so far. So if you are a landlord, go out there and start it sooner rather than later. Because I heard stories, if you started like quarter four last year, they're just getting approved in the quarter one this year. So start it earlier. It's like 
25 bucks for an application fee and a few hundred dollars for inspection. And they just started dishing out the fines. Yeah, I saw the headline over the weekend as well. That. Yeah, they started finding people um, in the multifamily space that haven't. fines or yeah. something. Okay. Recently. I mean, they started 150 bucks, so it's not a bank breaker, but, but the problem they is they start compounding. Thousand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I, I read somewhere where it could be $1,000 a day or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> that would be excessively yeah yeah, i mean that's so i mean get it done um and this is also part of things we talk to investors i'm like i don't want one more i don't deal with it so keep that in mind but also if you're buying a property in denver if you're buying a property that's going to be a rental or is a rental get the rental application inspection done while you're under contract and do the inspection uh one of the inspectors we had uh, andy rhodes does he has an inspection and a denver rental app he'll do both the same time so like call him or another inspector like wow that's a didn't think about that until like a month ago. Yep. That is really good because you can make sure your property is compliant. And obviously might be some more ammunition to take back on the inspection objection to the seller. Absolutely. So Denver Rental App, guys, keep it in mind. Cool. Any other news, current events, talk about the weather. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think one interesting headline that I saw actually from Lon in one of the company emails he sent out to everybody at York Castle uh, was an interesting little fun fact that 98% of millennials want to become homeowners if they're not already. The top motivating factor is to build their own equity instead of someone else's, which, I mean, that's a huge... 98%. 98%. That's a big portion of our population right now. Um, So that just tells me that there's a lot of pinup buyer demand in the market right now. So at some point, that's going to have to burst. It's just a matter of when and how. But I think that just goes to show that there's still a lot of people out there, especially in that demographic that want to begin their investing journey, their homeownership journey, right? And just starting to build that equity. So I think there's a lot to be talked about there. House hack people. Yep. House hack, House hack it up. It's the most amazing <laughs> way to get into property. Yeah. I literally just met some clients on Saturday. They're that age range. And uh-huh. they, uh, they kept referencing TikToks yep. as far as, uh, hey, is this true? Or can we do that? And I was like, just text me. Let me know. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I do love it because like, I mean, I remember, you know, growing up and, you know, there was, you know, and as a whole as a country, our financial literacy is still very poor, Yeah, but has gotten better with like, that's been one of the, the nice things about social media <laughs> for sure. Is there's a lot more like financial literacy on TikTok and YouTube and podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like I love seeing that stuff. Like there's, there's some silver lining there. Yeah, absolutely. It gets masking questions. Right. And that's yeah. why we just got to find a way to get in front and, and be the people that a- answer those questions for them. Yeah. So what are your oh. thoughts on that, Jenny? Oh, I mean, on the millennial piece or the the social yeah. media piece? Both. Yeah, I mean, I think I I mean, I, I completely agree that that makes sense. Um, I would say most people want to be homeowners, except if they are nomadic, you know. And even then, you know, I, I I run into people that buy a house, live in it, then they travel and turn it into a rental, or you know, you're mm-hmm. you're just able to kind of you know, blend your lifestyle with your financial goals. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Well, crew, another great uh, month, another great podcast. So thank you guys for taking time out of your day and also coming with stats and some deals. So everyone next month, we will be back on the podcast talking uh, deals, stats, numbers. Keep in mind, uh, go check out the website for the details on the stats. And if there's other topics you want, uh, definitely reach out to us and let us know. We love talking. We love debating. Email us um, or also leave us a comment on YouTube. We'll see you next month, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.